just just drop that down there. Very good. All right, thank you. Thank you to everyone, to my uh, good friends, Pastor Almack and Pastor Dr. Anderson. I am going to be teaching today on the idea of what you've already heard is the cultural mandate. Now, when you hear that phrase, uh, one writer says it sounds like a UN resolution. Why would you want to show up and hear about a, some <laughs> mandate from the government? That's not what it is. It's a wonderful biblical concept that we're going to explore. But to set the stage for it, I would like to read the first chapter of Genesis. It's well known to all of us, I'm sure. But the verses that are very directly related to this comes uh, to us in verses uh, about 26 to 28, but they make sense even more fully when we read them in context. This great creation narrative begins the uh, whole biblical account, and it's the foundational thought that God is before all things. God is the creator. So let me just read this passage. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day. The darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, and which is their seed, each according to its kind, on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, 
Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, this is an important verse. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Now that's the biblical cosmological explanation of all things. Those that are theists recognize that without God there would be nothing. Because God exists, everything else is. Now, our key text that we want to consider is there in verse 28. We put it in context. Let me read it again. And God blessed them. That's male and female made in God's image. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. It is that verse particularly that we would call the cultural mandate. Now, why do we call it cultural? Well, first of all, we can properly call it the creation mandate because it comes in the creation account. The word mandate has the idea of a command, a declaration of duty that's given to us by the Creator. And what do we see in that verse? Look carefully. It says, be fruitful. In other words, it says that having children, procreation, is a duty of mankind. God did not create Adam and Eve to be sui generis. He said this is the beginning of a whole process of life. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, those of you that are arithmetic teachers know the difference between addition and multiplication. Addition is when you take something and add something to it. Multiplication, when you take groups and you multiply groups. In other words, the word is not, I don't want you to just have one or two, but I want there to be groups that multiply each other. In other words, this is called exponential growth. I want this family to have children, but I want the children to have children, and the children to have children, so that they're groups of people. So much so that it says, and they will fill the earth. 
The idea is that the earth that God created was to be inhabited by those that were made in his image. And so we see the idea of, first of all, the duty that's given to our first primal parents is to have many people to fill the earth that God had created. The second thing that you see, it says, and to subdue it. This second principle of this creation mandate has the idea of harnessing, bringing under control the natural order that God has entrusted to his creatures. Now, we want to quickly say that these words that we're talking about can be very misused because sin is a reality. That's what happens in chapter 3. But here in the creation order, it's saying, Adam, look at how waters fall. You see all the energy there? Maybe you can capture that water energy. Look at how strong that horse is. If you learn to work with that horse, maybe he will help you get some of your job done. Wow, look at the power of lightning and how a fire might start. How can you capture that energy? Maybe to heat some of that green stuff called tea and have a nice beverage on a cool night. Harness it. In fact, maybe there's a stream of water that would be easier for you in your new home if you kind of dug a little channel this way so it came right by your house. That's subduing. It's bringing it under control. So the first principle is the expansion of image bearers. Secondly, is that their duty is to take all the creation brings to it and bring it under a harnessed, designed control for its purpose of uh, benefiting the world that God had given to mankind. And then thirdly, it says, and have dominion. Dominion is the idea of rule, governance. And it gives a specific sphere of governance. It says, over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. We can see that it has the idea of the heavens, the earth, and the seas, and the creatures that are in them. If you pause there for a moment, it's saying, you are Adam and your descendants. You are to manage all of the powers of this earth to make the world if you will, a civilized place for humanity, and you do it by exercising legitimate authority by managing the seas. Okay, that suggests something called oceanography, having trades on by ship, shipping. It says manage the birds of the air. That suggests learning how to deal with meteorology and maybe someday learning how to fly like the birds fly, flight. And the land, it says, manage the land and all the animals. That suggests husbandry, suggests creation zoos. It suggests managing botany. And if it really makes a full sense, it means you need to figure out what geography is and how to put in roads and communication channels. And so those theological people who've looked at this verse through the years have said that what we find in this verse, if you will, are the marching orders for humanity. What are we to do? Well, if we are made in the imago Dei, in the image of God, what do we learn about God? God creates. God orders. God does things that he declares to be very good. 
And if we reflect his image, then we should be creators. Now, obviously, there's a real difference. We cannot create like God. He creates, as theologians have said, ex nihilo, out of nothing. Simply by the word of his power, things come to be. But while we cannot do that as his image bearers, we bring to existence things that never were before. Think of some things that are not part of nature, but are part of man's working with nature. An automobile, a computer, something as simple as a spatula to flip a uh, hamburger patty. Those are inventions not found in nature. It's human beings applying their skills. And so we see in these words the fact that we are to be reflecting God as the creator, the designer. There's such an incredible order everywhere we look at in this world. Mathematicians tell us even in the chaos of a storm, there are mathematical principles that describe exactly what's happening. There's order, even what we think is chaos. This is the world that God has made. And even unbelievers are in awe sometimes and say, how does this order come about? They have no explanation for it, but they know it's there. All right, so what are we saying in this verse? If this is the central understanding of how we look at the world as Christians, it is what the world started with in the creative order. We call it the cultural mandate and not the creation mandate because let's look again at these words. When it says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, what it is suggesting is creating communities. It's creating people that are working together. It implies families. But when families get together, it implies their need to care for each other. Well, if they're in an unfallen world, they're worshiping God. That impl 